This episode is brought to you by iBridge. There are more bridges in the world now more than ever, and uh, this is your chance to buy one of these architectural wonders um, by talking to the pros at iBridge. I know I did, and I'll be honest, COVID has been tough for me and my family, and I've had to do a lot of bad things, okay, to protect my bridge. But I am so proud that I did, and my bridge is now stronger than ever. The most important thing I can ask you is how many trolls are under your bridge? Just you, Sean. The following may contain harsh language, poorly communicated ideas, and does not reflect the opinions of iHeartRadio. Uh, thank you for listening to Take Two Plus, the only podcast on the internet. Uh, standing behind our new leader, 2020, Tyler, Sean, Jacob, myself, Dr. Malagio, Elio Gregorio, Macaroni Diaz. We all stand behind Kanye West. We believe in him. We love him. And he loves all of us. So consider Yeezy. Oh, by the way, what's your name? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Good. Thank you, Sean. My name is still Chris. And I'm still Sean. I guess I'm Tyler. Uh, this week we watched Straw Dogs. Charlie Venner. He had some of it years ago when she was here with her father. The, I was asking Tyler here. about the rules of... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I think we should still do it. Okay. Uh, oh, I have a question. Uh, Tyler... Yes, Can you remind us of all the rules that we got going on with this uh, Revenge Draft 2020 Corona Edition? I sure can. Well, having each chosen what we think are the three best revenge films, we're now discussing one of them a week and comparing them against each other to create a list of the top nine revenge movies ranked in order. Points are then awarded based on the standings, one point for first place, two for second, three for third, so on and so on. Then we add up all the points and the person with the lowest score wins. Which means we'll spend these episodes. Which means if it's your pick, we'll spend this episode trying to hype it up, while the rest of us may want to point out what makes your choice not so hot. This week, like you said, Chris, it's your second round pick, controversial Sam Peckinpah film *Straw Dogs*. Sean, give us a synopsis. Well, well, just for a second. So you're saying that um, if my picks come in, so what this movie is about third. is <laughs> the story of *Straw Dogs* revolves around a couple that moves to England to get away from American violence. David Sumner, played by Dustin Hoffman, and his wife Amy, played by Susan George, are bullied and taken advantage of by the locals of the English town they moved right, to. Can I, stop, can I just stop you right Brilliant synopsis so far, Sean. But oh, I, like I know, to, captivating. I'd like to point out uh, just to Karen and everyone else that Dustin Hoffman plays a, a graduate student. I would say he's like more of like a professor in this film, but okay. Well, he's doing, he's, he, he has a grant for research, and that's why yeah. they're out there, yeah? Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of interesting because before that, we had. Dustin Hoffman and, of course, The Graduate. And so it's kind of this bridge, I suppose. Other than having Dustin Hoffman together and looking like independent films, they really share nothing in common. But, yeah. Oh, <laughs> they guess. absolutely... Okay. They both involve Sean, sexuality. This is no, very different. You have, you, have, you have... Oh, my God. It's like... Okay. Why are we doing this in the middle of the synopsis? Dustin Hoffman, 1967. The Graduate. Okay? So he graduates. And what, then what happens? He does his postgraduate shit in Straw Dogs. So it's like a... Uh, becomes a man in Straw Dogs. It's Dustin Hoffman, Volume 1 and 2. It's like uh, Kanye West's college dropout and graduation. Somewhere 100% Tyler. And you know what? Those are those kind of songs that I'm listening to these days. The political air is so thick and juicy. And I just want to scream and like, ooh, you know. Somewhere in between ah. those two is like Midnight Cowboy. So I think you got to account for that. But sure. 
I'm pretty sure Midnight Cowboys either 69 or 70. That was uh, that, that was a uh, lost summer, Sean. That was oh, yeah, just that a was weird like summer. Yeah, that, uh, oh. uh, experimental summer. When he was walking here, you know. Nice impression. I thought actually Dustin Hoffman was in the room for a second. I think he was. Yeah, I know. So after these locals, well, I should say two of these locals sexually assault his wife and then attempt to kill the town pariah who was taking shelter in their home after unintentionally murdering a young woman, David finally takes a stand and enacts revenge that escalates into a battle bloodier and more disturbing than anything he experienced in America. What? Okay. When you see their relationship, and it starts from the very beginning with, with uh, David and Amy in the car, they're touching each other, they're like touching each other's crotches, but like they're playing with each other and they're giggling and they're not actually doing anything. They're yeah, just they're, pretending. They're not doing and enough for goes, Sean, you mean? No, they're not doing enough for anyone. They're just pretending like, oh, I'm gonna touch you. No, you're not, I'm gonna touch you. It's like, it's, uh, it's ridiculous shit. Can right? I they question? go to the bed, they go to the bed. No, not yet, man. They go to the bed and they start doing the same exact shit, but it's under the covers. Now, because you can't see them, there's like a suggestion that, yeah, maybe they had sex. Huh? I lost you, Sean. I can't hear Sean. Chris, can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Yeah, I can hear you fine too, but I can't hear Sean at all. Sean, can you hear us? We can't hear you. <laughs> Did you just mute him? No. How'd you free mute? I would have done that a long time ago. <laughs> can you hear me, uh, Sean? All right, so now that uh, Take Two has gone infinitely better uh, with the passing of Sean, unfortunately. Um, you know what? Rip, Sean. LOL. Uh, so <laughs> I saw Straw Dogs the first time, probably, yeah, it was like one of those like renting from the university library kind of things. Yeah. And, you know, knowing that it's an important film, seeing a lot of important films kind of you know, consecutively. Like, I would see, like, Once Upon a Time in the West, and the next week I would see uh, Suspiria, and the next week I would see Rosemary's Baby. So, like, just, uh, uh, there was a time yeah, when I was just really looking at, like, some really great films. And I remember seeing Straw Dogs and thinking to myself, I, I'm surprised this is such a, it has so much uh, status, considering what it has in it, how, how what unpleasant details? it is, how gross you know it's um, uncomfortable to watch intentionally uncomfortable to watch sure sure and uh yeah i i, I thought that uh you know i i i I'm, i i could swear that i saw um uh the wild bunch so i was a little familiar with kind of sam peckinpah's Peck and uh, style just that 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 uh, realisticness which was starting to come out in the 70s where like mm -hmm. uh movie violence um i don't know if it was after bonnie and clyde or hold on a second hold oh, on could back. you guys really not hear me yeah no like you you didn't just mute me to be a dick sean <laughs> whatever you just did what you did you do to come yourself back? like i just, we didn't touch like, my audio just cut in and out so i don't know what the hell happened i was telling tyler that if we did it on purpose you would have had that happen a long time ago sean. <laughs> And where did I cut off then? What was the last thing I said? Last you said, let's minutes. get back into it. And then. You oh, really? It's probably around the time, Sean, when we were all like pointing at our earphones well, and I looking know, at but you. I, I and... fucking joking and I couldn't tell what was happening at first. All right. 
Could you hear us? I can't trust you guys. Yeah, I could hear you. So you could hear us saying that your microphone is not working anymore and you were just still talking? No, I couldn't. What a... Changing your story. You say you can't trust us and here you are changing your story. Whatever. Can we go back and talk about that relationship for a second? I feel like that ship sailed a long time ago. Even before that microphone went out. But yeah, Sean, go ahead. I'm just saying that I, I don't look at their relationship in this film as like a positive one. And if you want to look at this film as a revenge film, I think that's where you well, have to start. Wait a second, you're saying that it's not you're, it's not a positive relationship based on, no, not based at all. Based on their no. physical interactions? Based on physical and emotional interactions. No, the way they act, dude. They, I get the sense in that like relationship that they're they're having fun together, but you know it's not a... Even if like she's a student and he's a teacher kind of thing. I don't think together. they're even having fun together. I think at some point they had fun together, but that ship sailed a while ago, and now they're coming to England to see if they can fix things, and they can't. Yeah. He but I think there's win. a reason as well that you don't see any like explicit nudity or sexual acts in that scene, and you do so during the rape scene. scene. Like, it's but, very... Yeah, you, the, the closest thing you have to them actually having sex is Dustin Hoffman gets into the same position that Charlie does later in the film and he whips off his shirt and she's looking up at him. They cut at that moment in time. And do you know what they cut to? A scene where she's crying and he's saying, get away from me, I don't want to deal with you anymore. It doesn't really sound to me like they had sex the night before. If they cut to a next scene and she's crying and he's like, I'm done with you, get away from me. That like, sounds like my sexual history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you could look at this film and look at it as a revenge film from Amy to David. Amy is bringing David to England and is starting to then, you know, manipulate him a little bit by starting to flirt and, uh, you know, hit on the guys a little bit. What happens to her is not what she wants to happen. I want to make that clear. Like, she does not want to get raped. She does want to make David jealous and she does want to possibly initiate a relationship again with Charlie, not in the way that it happens. And I think at the end of the film, when the siege is happening, uh, Peck and Paul goes back to this by making her very confused about who to, who to like cheer for, basically. She's like, Charlie, David, Charlie, David. And then, when, and then when Charlie is trying to break into the house, she wants to let him in. She wants to bring him in because she now relates more to him. And she would be willing, I think, to side with Charlie over David and have him kill David, really. I don't think she really managed to her at the end. So now that we've like done a little bit of discussion about the big rape scene, let's just go and look at some of the behind the scenes stuff of that. So the rape scene was a big problem for Susan George. I think we can probably understand why. But for one thing, the scene isn't in the novel. She got uh, too the horny. Novel, <laughs> where the novel focuses <laughs> wow. on David. The novel focuses on David. The movie focuses more on Amy. Only her depiction is a little problematic, especially in today's standards. She's, uh, and I'm going back a little bit to like, I want to compare her a little bit to like Jill and Once Upon a Time in the West. Like, I think she's a much, I think Amy is a much more layered character and I can understand her decisions so much more than I can understand Jill's decisions that she makes in Once Upon a Time in the West. Uh, but that's just kind of like neither here nor there. It's just a little something I noticed because they, they do deal with some, kind of similar things. A this is bit. the uh, notice corner with Sean. <laughs> what other things did you notice? Like, what other just I mean, like random shit that no one can relate to? Did you notice, I know, Sean? I know, Amy's I'm sorry, character but like... makes perfect sense if you picture her as being written for like a 14 year old girl, then everything she does. Pretty much makes I guess, sense. but you can't tell me no woman would re re react in the way she does in certain situations. Like yeah, Sean's the expert point. on all that. <laughs> no, I'm not, but I'm just saying you can't just tell me only 14 year old girls were, or no woman would. Like, I, I don't know. No, but in her character is written like as a very uh, juvenile adolescent character. Yeah, but I think so is David, honestly. Yeah, I think uh, so too. 
Also, for some reason, on the special features of the Criterion Edition during the documentary on this film, they bring in Dennis Hopper to talk about the rape scene. He has nothing to do with this movie. But for that some is reason, so he comes in to talk fucking about it. hilarious. Hey, okay, he's just like That's Criterion's hilarious. like, uh, like on staff expert on rape. I think. <laughs> they keep him on retainer just to talk about rape. Well, totally I guess from Blue Velvet. Is this movie was this movie rated X when it came out? This film was banned in England until 2002. Just so oh. you know, this so, comes hey, okay, back so, so until so, 2002. Similar to the kind of history of uh, Clockwork Orange, which came out, I think, the same year. Same year. It right? was the same. Uh, all the movies, like they're called video nasties. They were all banned until 2002. That's what they called them. That sounds like such a British term, video. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what's strange like too is that they're, they're both British <laughs> films. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially, they are. Especially Clockwork. You like it here, sir? Very much. I hear it's pretty rough in the States, sir. Oh, have you seen some of it, sir? Bombing, rioting, sniping, shooting the blacks. Can't walk down the streets, they say, Norman. Was you involved in it, sir? I mean, did you take part? See anybody get knifed? Technically, it was banned for sexual perversion and violence, including sodomy. They just assumed that it was uh, a bit of No, they saw buggery. it. They... No, I mean, they've seen the film, right? Like, when a country I know, gets but the film, film doesn't like show it. that, like, there's any anal sex in it. The guy takes... There is a frame. I hate There's the... a frame where, like, he splices that frame in where it looks like he's angled certain to a certain okay, degree. Sean obviously, like, like paused that scene to really, like, understand... No, that's understand. what Sam Peckinpah's style okay, Sean, is, though. you know what? I believe you are worse than those rapists in the movie. I'll tell you what. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. I'm, of course, not joking. Oh, my God. Let me ask All right, you, though. Let me just finish. No, stop talking. You're terrible. Stop. <laughs> so, at the first I take it film, back, Sean. You know what? Even though you fucked me in the ass with uh, that North by Northwest bullshit. No. Jesus Christ. No. Don't say it like that. <laughs> All right. He made love to my ass. <laughs> with consent. All right. All right. This is where the bleeping is. <laughs> There's going to be like 15 seconds of a beep, 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 beep. So at the first screening of this film they had in public, something like 200 people walked out of the film. And it had a ton of complaints. Surprisingly, in maybe like the only case of this ever happening ever, the studio stood behind Sam and said they weren't going to change any of it, apparently. This fucking movie is so goddamn good. It is. It is so goddamn good. And I mean, it's, you, it's you too have bad to. That it's yeah. not it got more revenge in it. But man, this movie's fucking good. I'm I would almost have put this movie number one, honestly. When I was watching this movie, I, I was thinking to myself, too, I've seen this movie so many times. And it's okay, like a Sean, weird you know movie what? If for anyone at home who's not convinced that Sean's a freaking pervert, hey, you got your proof right there. Uh, we will be repeating that segment on ABC News tonight. Now, the thing about revenge it's such and a good movie though it's so well made it's john so we all well know which scenes you like and everything no that's not what i've watched a lot it's a difficult <laughs> movie to watch but it's, it's not so, what you're watching is what you're it's so well to. crafted no, all no, right I i'm bleeping all these out it doesn't matter but okay here's the thing i saw it again recently and, and kind of was surprised because it wasn't as i remembered it's not a revenge movie as i thought it was where dustin hoffman is seeking revenge for the violent attack on his wife as someone who's seen this movie many times i some part of me still thinks it, it's that movie but before i turn this movie on it's yeah, yeah, for some reason and i think that's probably not a good thing your brother been hanging around the girls again you'd better keep a closer watch or we'll be putting him away it's all right pa it's only throwing the ball to him a little a little is too much for that son 
Watch your tongue, Norman. I'll watch nothing except my own ways. You watch your brother, or I'll do it for you. If he ever makes a mistake again in any way, I'll be the first out of the way. I'd probably do the same thing. I'd get blackout drunk and kill the motherfucker who killed my daughter. And I'm still trying to find out who killed my daughter. And guess what? If you're listening to this podcast, buddy, I'm going to get super drunk tonight and find you. Okay. You're right, but there are multiple levels, right? There's that level. And then there's, I think, what I was talking about earlier with, like, I think you could read, like, an Amy versus David level of revenge into here. And then there's the idea of David taking his revenge on these guys who have just continually David versus poked Goliath, him in baby. the side for the entire movie, basically. And um, then eventually just snaps. And then he has... And, I've had more than ever in this dispute in particular, I had trouble with David's motives, especially towards the end. But uh, like his choices are kind of muddled. And I think everyone's, every other choice in this film, the character's choice in this film is very clear. And But David's are very muddled towards the end. I also um, had a, um, what, what do they call that? A Mandela effect thing. But I think that was intentional. Remember something differently. Yeah, because I could have yeah. sworn there is a tipping point for Dustin Hoffman's character where like, he, he's just basically been pushed over the edge just that little bit. And I remember I, his glasses kind of just like shatter. They're, yeah, they're I kind force. of that too. I mean, there isn't that. Yeah, right? but yeah. it's not, but it's, it's a great it, it, like, it happens. Maybe it's a trailer. Maybe it's in a trailer. You know what? It, but but it's so symbolic though, the, this, this breaking point, right? You can't put glass back together again. Something has happened, right? To Dustin Hoffman, symbolic in the breaking of the shattering. We have a turning point for David. It has less to do with protecting his wife's virtue and he's doing it completely. He has this, the, yeah, the, this, yeah. The, the, you're talking about this primordial but he even thing have these that has morals that he thinks he does. And that's the problem, right? Because he uh, treats he Amy like shit throughout this entire movie from the beginning. Like that yeah. opening scene where she's trying to explain what he does and three words, he lets her say three words about what his book is about. He's like, ha ha, nice try. Bitch, basically, he just like belittles her like immediately, right? He's always this, talking down to her. And like, he's a dick to her the entire time. He does time. give her a lot of freedom though. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot what of- What do you mean he gives her a lot of freedom? Because he doesn't care about her. <laughs> That's why he gives yeah, her a lot of freedom. It's, it's a weird relationship because he's like, he lets her do what she wants sort of in terms of like flirting with other well, men. Well, she's, she's, she's also, you know what, quite frankly, okay, if, if I see that guy- towards though, you know what I mean? Like he's a pushover with all the other men in this movie, but he stands up to her. Yeah. But even to that point, like he's he's ineffectual standing up to her because she's still getting away with shit. She's still changing yeah, the, uh, the he risk. He comes up to her, but I don't still, think she he doesn't dominate her. He doesn't not, not at all. That's what I'm saying. Have that no, one no, but he, he, so he sticks up for himself. He is being kind of like belittled throughout this movie a lot. And at the end of this film is what is supposed to be cathartic for him, which is like just fucking killing everything. Like I'm just, and then he like, I, yeah. I, I forgot about that scene at the end of this movie, but, and I, I love it kind of at the end. And he just walks out and she's like, I got them all. <laughs> like he just like looks around at everything and he's just like, I got them all. Like, it's just like, it's such like an awesome little fucking moment. And the way he plays it, the way he says it. And it's just like, you can tell all of a sudden he's just like inside, he's like, I'm fucking amazing. <laughs> like in his head, he's just like, I can't believe I, I did that. I think that's the way he plays that. Clutch. <laughs> the acting in this movie is so amazing like it is this such is, phenomenal yeah. I, this like is Susan George even might be the best really I think she might even be the best actor in the movie like I think she's amazing she's in this good movie. movie 
I don't even. I don't know. Either is his best performance. I almost say the graduate, but like it's this tough. Is, this got, especially in this area. I'd say that he had the best it, stuff to work with with the graduate. It's probably not. Too, sorry, Tyler, I cut you off. Can you say that again, no, Tyler? No. Uh, like he's got this is a big era for Dustin Hoffman, like the sort of five years before this and right after you was like super hot and did a lot of good oh, stuff. Man. Like, he had the graduate so midnight cowboy strong dogs, like, does. yeah, and then even like President's Man and like Tootsie, yeah, later, but like there's just even subtle things like when you Hollywood darling and the guys are laughing at him in the truck, he's trying to like he's embarrassed and trying to play it off. Like there's so many just like little subtle things he does. This is a very small thing, but I love when the guys first come into the house and you've got the prior, whatever you call them, they've got like the bear trap framed right above all their heads. Yeah. It's almost like the one big group shot of everybody with the bear trap right above them, which is just almost so symbolic and such an awesome shot. The, the opening sequence of this movie sets up everything in this movie. They set up the man trap, they set up the relationship they, uh, between uh, Amy and Charlie. I mean, it's just, it, it covers so much ground. It sets up the relationship between like the locals and David and how they interact with people. Well, let's not and, forget like, the, it as a metaphor as well, right? You have this hairpin trigger that will kill you. And there's a lot of hairpin triggers in this movie where people just get pushed a little too far and turn into goddamn cavemen. And yes. uh, it's kind of cool. Lightly, it'll snap closed them. Any okay. second, it'll just snap. When Charlie sees uh, like Amy for the first time and they're carrying that man trap. He says like, that's gonna make me lose my head or something. Like he literally says something and that's literally what's gonna kill him at the end of this movie. Like, and it's a clear ADR line after, but like, it's such a, like an awesome like, <laughs> line. Was, it was one of those that. ADR lines that like, they couldn't get the original actor. So it was just the uh, director doing like- No, it was the actor. It's like drunken fucking Hostler. I thought the was gonna kill me. Long. The line takes yeah. place in a massive wide shot, and like you can tell, no one's saying it. <laughs> Sean, please describe to us one of the scenes, what I refer to as the cat scene. Well, I'm talking about the scene where he's just like throwing the tomatoes to the cat or something with the ball. No, when the cat, cat is hanged in the closet. Well, okay. When I they mean, discover we'll that. that. I think we might Sean, the scene you're talking about, Sean, that's the first time I really like clued in that. David is just as like juvenile as Amy mm -hmm. in this movie. Like he's a little boy tormenting a cat. He's just a dick. He's just yeah. a little prick. He doesn't really care about anything else in this film. I did find, and it kind of sets up stuff for later in the movie for uh, Chris, where you're talking about when they find that cat hanging in the closet, that like he sees it and closes it and then still lets, like he knows Amy loves this cat more than him and he still lets her go and look at it herself. Like you'd expect the caring husband to be like, no, 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 like don't look in there. Yeah. I'll take care of it. And he just lets her, like he leaves her. Is it possible that Amy killed the cat? I would say it could Ooh. be because I think it's part of her revenge plan. Like I think That's a cool here's, take. The, here's the thing about the That's cat. That's a cool take here's too. The the, here is the thing about the cat. They never, you never, you never solve it at all. Like he completely, and they ne he never even hints that one of the guys do does it. Yeah, he never does. And I think if one of the guys did do it, he would have had it hint that one of the like he would have suggested like yeah we killed your fucking cat or like you know they would have made like a but cat David joke. But like they would have so, like why like just to speak him. Like, what would their motive be? No, like, why if Amy did it? Why would Amy do it? Like, let's not Amy forget the very employee. Amy would do it to instigate the instigate the like the the butting of heads between David and this group because she's the one who immediately gets on him to be like, you need to you need to get into this. You need to excuse him of what they did to this cat. You need to get in there and be a man and deal with these people. 
And that's what she does. Like immediately, she started explaining what happened and she tells him what she thinks happened. And yes, there could be this, you know, I mean, obviously, like, this is just an idea. Like, I mean, yeah, the yeah. reading, the, the typical it's reading. One of Sean's QAnon theories. But no, but the typical <laughs> reading of the film is. It's Amy an interesting story. But there's, at no point does she ever really act behave. And then there's a point where David does go out and talk to the guys. She completely acts normal for like a minute while she's in the house alone. And David's in there. She's just watching them. Do we know if uh, Dustin? But then they come. They come in the house, and she immediately starts grabbing her head. And she like, she immediately starts grabbing her head. Like she just starts acting a little bit more as soon as they walk in the house. And it's like, what's amazing "Mm, is now I don't even have to see. No one has to see Straw Dogs now based on uh, Sean's vivid. Immersive yeah, the, the, the patrons know because they had the visuals. They, they had an immersive experience, and I'm just so happy to have been a part but of But I really think there's a there's a reading in this film where she killed this cat just to get what she wanted out of this lake, which is them butting heads into them. Either she's going to end up with Charlie, or she's going to end up with the David, who's a man, for standing up for her and standing up to like these men and taking what's her what they want, which is her. She wants him to she wants him to fuck her, and he's not willing to do that. But, I mean, but like she also she never that's, tells that's him exactly about exactly what they do in this movie that that's the whole fucking but she never it. tells him that she gets raped in this movie right like that's what i was going to say i was going to ask that's does so if she's trying to like antagonize and rile david up like why she would well, here's the thing why would they not right? she not say that but i think she's this so is, like scarred by that man sorry well go ahead <laughs> I, I, like I, I wanted you to talk louder and just okay here's the thing other ways to like rile David up because he doesn't give a shit about that cat. So there are tests that happen um, throughout the movie. It's not about the cat, man. Shut the fuck up, Sean. All right, here's the thing. There are emotional tests. the cat represents. God damn. So this is what it's like. I I know Sean. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's like, man. Exactly. Right. Okay. I don't buy it. Get this. Get this. Take two exclusive. Okay. What's interesting about this and and perhaps because that was a question like does Dustin Hoffman know about the rape? Maybe something that happens. I don't believe he does. And now I think doesn't. after Sean's tirade just then, I was considering, well, why wouldn't he, like, wouldn't that have been the obvious kind of... He might think it might have happened. Like, I wouldn't say that he wouldn't, like, in his head think, yeah, he they might have fucked at some point. I don't think he thought she got raped. Right. I think he probably doubts that they that she's faithful to him. Okay. But I think that part might be in his head. All right, but up. I don't think she got raped. Anyways, what? I, Dust, oh, shut, shut the fuck, God! I believe yeah. that Dustin Hoffman was tested during the cat scene. She, it, perhaps, she did do it, but I don't think she did. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is actually hang the cat in the closet for Dustin Hoffman to find. What happens, regardless, though, is that Dustin Hoffman is unable to defend his wife's virtue. And this is tested because he doesn't confront them for the cat. So why would she tell him about the rape? Because he's he's proven himself incapable of defending her. Yeah, and I think when his own life is in jeopardy, that that he's able to turn it's into not a even his life. It's it's when his like his manhood or his like his question of like moral authority is called into question. That's when he's like, you know what. I'm gonna kill you all, motherfucker. Well, it's that uh, it's that castle law in the life, south where it's like you know. Your, your house is your he, castle and anything that comes inside you can blow up. I don't think until the point where like they're really like getting into it like and, they're, and they're sh- the shots are firing does he think that his life's on the line until that point. But he's still acting like a fucking like you know trying to like puff up his chest yeah. for a long period of time before that. I don't like, think when he's, he's ever 
concerned social. I don't think he's ever concerned about his own life until that like major whatever the dude's name in the slings arm gets shot. Well, well, and this is yeah. it, right? So because Asylum Seeker, this uh, handicapped man that has just literally killed the daughter of of one of the drunkest people in history, it's only when he's protecting him that he becomes like no. He stands up for it. I don't know if we have time to like get into it, but like the last scene is him riding off into the sunset essentially with this uh, with the, child murderer. Where's the morality compensation? Because the problem with that final, the final like showdown scene too is that Amy is basically begging him just to like give up and give them this pariah dude. And he's like saying, I don't care what you want me to do. I'm going to defend my house, which is cool to see him get his revenge. But he also becomes just like another man kind of disregarding Amy's wants. I think the real problem with him is that he looks at this person who's clearly got issues of his own, uh, Niall. But he's looking at him as this innocent and he needs to defend this innocent. He looks at this man as innocent for some reason. And, I, and the, that's yeah, a real I curious thing to me. innocent or he just sees him as like another outsider in the town because he's been an outsider in the town for like his whole time. And maybe he... But like the question is, this this pariah dude has like a history in town and nobody likes him. But Dustin Hoffman is the only person in the film who's not like privy to the like past history of everybody. If I if I may, uh, what makes this uh, an interesting submission uh, for a revenge movie is because traditionally, again, cinema was changing in the seventies, and we'll talk about that uh, maybe never. But the idea of revenge is you have a very up until then, a very virtuous person uh, being the hero. And you have the John Wayne figure and the searchers trying to kill the Indian because of the uh, massacre. You you have a good guy, a very clear good guy, and you have a very clear bad guy, right? What's cool about this revenge movie is you don't have that. You have this gray, Fifty Shades of Gray, as Sean would like to say. I've never even seen the movie, man. You just read the books, I know. They're bad <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, Why would you, right? Who, who doesn't read those books? I don't. There was once a time, Mrs. Sumner, when you are ready to beg me for it. Take your hands off me. What, let's get into what we don't like about this film. I think we've talked about what we, don't, what we do like for like a long enough. All right, all right. We, okay, fellas, we have to remind ourselves, we have a few things we still need to discuss. Let's do it in short order. Yeah. Uh, we have to talk about what we don't like about this film. We have to talk about uh, how Can we, we feel... talk about oh, who the- God damn it. We have to talk about how it relates to revenge, and then we have to place it, yes, on our revenge list. Uh, so far on the list, we have two films. We have, in first place, Once Upon a Time in the West, my first round pick, possibly one of the greatest movies of all time. Number two, uh, I believe we have uh, Haraka. Sean, what this the fuck don't pariah. you like about this movie? Just, just say it. What, also, what don't I'm you saying, like? I'm just, I don't understand what David's motivations are at the end, really. I, oh, I mean, I kind to of defend do, his life. Mistakes. Maybe it's just that I don't like him. Well, yeah. But what the fuck? Okay, like Sean. Like all right, Tyler. Hey, Tyler. What don't you like about this movie? Sean is clearly tripping oh, out. I'm, I'm actually with Sean that. I oh, don't you guys are all wrong. I'm motivation at the end of this film. He's more concerned with defending his house than a guy he doesn't know. But that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. Yeah. And the problem is to yeah. Amy's such a driving force in this film for like developing the plot and pushing the storylines and she really disappears in the third act. If you hire yeah. a rat catcher, does he really have to come every day to kill rats? Like how, how many days in a row does a rat catcher? Is that the guy with the <laughs> rat? I got, uh, I got uh, three, oh, uh, I got three rats uh, today, madame. Yes, it's <laughs> three rats. Like, is this guy just like a like, permanent rat catcher? Get the fuck out of here. You're worse than the rat. Like, is he still there? You, you don't understand. No, no, no. You don't understand how bad the rat problem is in the aisles. I'll find you. No. 
Let the boys find Janice. The rest of it can wait, Tom. Have you ever kissed anyone, Henry? No. Get your mates to find her. I'll be waiting in the pub. Get all of them. Actually, I had to ask Jacob for your name just now because I've forgotten it. It's 1971. You don't have a TV. I don't know. I guess you saw The Graduate, so you like Dustin Hoffman, right? Yeah. So you go to see uh, his new movie, Straw Dogs. I, I guess because you don't really know what it's about, so you... It's like you're watching a Tom Hanks movie. You, you're watching a Tom Hanks work, movie. No, no, no. Here's my question, though. Here's my question, Sean. Is, okay, so you're watching, like, the first half an hour of this movie, but you haven't seen any trailer. What kind of movie do you think this is at that point, having no prior knowledge of it? So you're watching it. As you're watching it, what kind of movie do you think this is? I don't get a good feeling from this movie from the beginning. Like, so so you like think it's graduate. a thriller or something like this, right? No, so you're thinking, like there's a, a looming like thread a that's occurring from the beginning. You know? right? Like it vibes like, uh, like uh, what's a Donald Sutherland movie? Don't Look Now or like uh, even like The yeah. Omen or something like that. It vibes like a very... Uh, British yeah, slow It feels nothing. But we like have the such graduate. perspective, though. We have nothing. Su- okay, like guys. All right. So uh, I think this film ends like a horror movie too, though. It's people defend. Like the plot of the third act of this movie is basically the entire plot of the Purge. Like this is a horror movie at the end. Are you really comparing this movie to the Purge? Okay, we've what's, got. Jacob, what's this guy's what's name again? Plot? Listen, what's hey, the plot got, of the Purge? Is that minutes. a family de- takes a guy into their home and defends their home while outsiders are trying to break in? What happens in the third act of Straw Dogs? It's a horror movie. It's not a bad thing, but it's it's close to a horror film at the end of this film. I agree that okay, let's get into it. Yeah, that's kind of how it plays. Ranks. Let's talk, Chris. Wait, as an early seventies horror film, film, you know what I mean? Like but, horror yeah, changed after Halloween, with that. of course. So, having said that, now Tyler, why don't you talk? Well, no, you know what? Let's let Chris say where do you think this film ranks in this list? Where should this film go? I would watch What the Time of the West many more times than I would watch Straw Dogs. Straw Dogs is like a one-off movie to watch. Like, you don't really want to watch it two or two times. Except for Sean, who wants to watch it like just about every day. I have watched it like five times, all right? Five times. In the last five days. It's a lot. Okay. Oh, yeah. uh, it's, this is an under-the-surface movie. It does take two times, uh, take two plus to really maybe appreciate some of the... Um, uh, I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna give it number one. I'm going to give it number one. I'm going to, and, and for yeah, the reason okay. that we can't just always give our movies number one. Is that why doing this? Like, okay, I okay. Okay, okay so Sean, let me just say this. Right, let me say right, this. Right. Right. Remember back in the uh, draft uh, episode, you're I'm like, just saying, okay, you're giving when you your think of a movie, do you think of over oh. your number one, over your first round pick? That's all I'm telling you right now. Is you're putting your number three round pick over your first round. Okay, pick, this is so much choice over here, Sean. So you're gonna put you don't understand the reference because you're so. No, I understand what Sophie's choice is, okay? Jesus Christ, Meryl Street. All right, I know what the fuck movie is. All right. We'll be talking about that next week. Let's do that. Let's do that movie for the every week we'll we'll. It's like somebody having LeBron and deciding to put, like, goddamn, like, Lamar Odom over top of LeBron or something. I don't know. Like, it's... Straw Dogs is the Lamar Odom. Get me back on track. You're right. Once Upon a Time in the West is, like, fucking awesome. And it deserves to be number one even though it's not as mature as Sean and me. Number two, Straw Dolls. Straw Dolls. Okay, Tyler, where do you rank this film? I'd also just like to say that if Meryl Streep is no, listening right no, now. No, no, you're done. You're done. Meryl Jesus Streep Christ, Meryl Streep. That's how we're going to end up. Tyler, uh, this is a tough one because all the things that I don't like about this film, I think, are in there intentionally. David Nimmy's kind of juvenile attitudes, the sort of victim blaming argument for Amy's character and all the things that she does to motivate the actions that happen towards the end of the film. 
Uh, and also David getting revenge for personal reasons instead of altruistic reasons. Hey, Jacob, can you turn Bothers on Tyler's mic, please? <laughs> it's All those things one. bother me, but I think they're in there intentionally by Peckinpah. Uh, so it's tough. I do like this movie a lot, but uh, we've got two great films on the list already, so I have to put this one in three. Oh, okay. Okay, okay so this is where the politics gets in, everyone, because guess what? Oh, no, okay, There's no, a no, reason why it did not... So is Harry Carey and so is Once Upon a Time in the West. You just put it one and change your okay. mind. They are all great films, and I'm going to tell you where I'm going to put this film that's ultimately going to decide where it goes. Okay? Doesn't matter. Because Tyler? No, whether I choose one, two, or three, it's going to go there because that's how the math works. All right. Um, do number two. I do love this two. movie. I love this fucking movie. I love it because it, it's just, it's so well made. It's so tense. Uh, it, it's so, it makes you feel something. And I think that's what a movie should do. Can we like, all agree no, that they don't make them feeling. like that anymore? No, they don't. Like, and they never will again for a lot of reasons. They don't make but them like, like that anymore. They make characters every time they put on Pokemon. This movie makes you feel something a lot. Like, and it makes me feel something more than Once Upon a Time in the West does. And more- Like a horniness. Th there's that moment, there's that moment in Harakiri where, where Shishiji or Ken Rubbers- The cop second scene. Fuck But when Chijiwa, when he kills himself, like that really made me feel something too. But uh, not quite as much as what this entire movie does. Like this entire movie gives me like, just like the chills. I, I love this film. The problem comes down to the, is this is a revenge film draft, and I don't think that this is the greatest revenge film. I will say that there are multiple threads of revenge, which does help it, because there are multiple ways to look at this film, and there is an idea of revenge. Would you say that the plot is progressed with the, by the theme of revenge? Like, the entire time, pretty much? No, not Because really, the guys are acting assholes as, like, revenge for, like, this, like, city boy coming into town, you know what I, I mean? Think like. It's interesting because also our brain makes us want to believe that. And I think we all talked about that at the beginning. Like we think this movie is more about revenge than it is. And I think that's because our brains, good or bad, that, the bad Mandela are, conditioned to, are conditioned to make it think that David is this heroic person who's taking revenge for something. And he's not. Uh, but that's interesting because the film can make you think that. And it's interesting how we can do that to our brains because not a lot of films can manipulate us like that and not even be true to begin with. Well, I'm not sure how fucked so up Sean's brain is. Mine's fine. And I'm rating this a... Ultimately, two. what I'm going to do, I, I teetered back and forth with everything in this film. Uh, I love this movie. I love the other two movies on this list. Right. If I had my way, this list would look different, but I am going to give this film number two, which I think makes it number two. That puts it in two. Uh, I'm going to put uh, Re 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 Straw Dogs in number two. All right. So what did everyone think about the plot? 